Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. How many times you prayed this morning? <laughs> we'll let Jonathan pray for. <laughs> Amen. All right. Before you turn anywhere, let's see how many apostles we can name. Go. <laughs> Peter, she got the easy one out of the way. See there? Y'all ain't smart enough. You say that, and then you ain't got to say nothing else. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Judas. Who's that? What'd you say? Levius. Yeah, that's Bartholomew, right? He goes by like three names. Thomas. That, uh, well, yeah, Levius, uh, Bartholomew. I'm ha- I find that I'm having a hard time keeping up with it. which ones have been said. <laughs> Let's see, 12 minus 9. We got three more. Somebody said Judas. Now, the, uh, the other Judas. Okay. All right. Simon. Which one? You already said Peter, so you mean the other one? Yeah. The zealot. One more. The less. James, the son of Alphaeus. All right, good. That's good. Very good. All right. Next time I'll just call on somebody and see if they can list them. <laughs> All right. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Who knows what we've been talking about for about three weeks that I thought would take about 15 minutes. Anybody? The wow moments in the life of Peter. We're done. Don't worry. We're moving on. But I do want to read Bible. That's the most important thing I'll do while I'm up here is read the Word of God. So Matthew chapter 10. We'll read verse 2 through 4. Matthew, I'm in Matthew 2, (laughs) Matthew 10, 2 through 4. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter. And Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee. And John, his brother. Philip. And Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So, who are we talking about? Who have we been talking about? Which one? Which apostle have we been talking about? Peter! Okay, don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate at a question like that. <laughs> Wait till I got this whopper here in a minute, and then you can look at me like that. I'm going to ask Brother Ronnie that question. Um, so we've been talking about wow moments in the life of Peter, and there are a lot. Now, who remembers? Why, why are we studying these apostles? 
Why study them? Yeah. Yeah, this is where it all started. And these are the men God used. And as Jonathan said, if God can use these 12, <laughs> he can use you. The Bible does not even attempt to hide their flaws. And I'm glad. Otherwise, they're unrelatable. You know, I asked before, when you talk about Peter, do you relate to him walking on the water or do you relate to him sinking? I relate to him sinking. Um, most of what I relate to about Peter are his failures. So we know, we know and, and the thing is about Peter, like I said, we know a lot about Peter. Peter, the son of who? That was James and John. You got close. Good guesses. Thank you for trying. Peter, the son of? Oh, come on now. Jonah. Good. Brother of? Andrew. Grew up in? Yeah, yeah, region of Galilee, city of, y'all done better than this every other week I've done this, city of Bethsaida, good, his family moved to Capernaum and had a fishing business with who? James and John, the sons of Zebedee, good, very good, see what you know about Peter already, so we were talking about wow moments, and there's a, there's a lot of them in his life. Um, I, don't, I don't even want to go back and look at any. There's one I didn't read because it was, other than the resurrection, maybe the greatest wow moment in his life. There, there would be debate about that, I'm sure. It's just an opinion. Um, but if you'll look in Matthew chapter 16, this... And I kind of I kind of mentioned it last week, so I'll, I'll do this quickly and then move on. But this series of interactions perfectly describes Peter's life. Uh, it's just it's perfect, um, and it, it it perfectly describes our life, if we'll be honest. Matthew chapter sixteen, verse. We can start in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Son of Man. That was Jesus' favorite title for himself. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter spoke up, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How did he know that? Anybody? The answer's in the text. I saw you look. I saw him look. Yep. Look at verse 17. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar-Jonah means what? We've already talked about that. Son of Jonah. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. God told him. So you have this great revelation by Peter. Jesus is asking, excuse me, whom, whom, whom do men say that I am? And they throw out these names that some people say. But then the focus Jesus, focus of Jesus becomes on them. Who, who do you say that I am? Now, who is Christ to you? Yeah, he saved my mom and daddy. Yeah, he saved my aunts and uncles. But until it becomes personal, it does me no good eternally. So he directs to these guys and say, whom say ye that I am? And who's the first one to speak up? Peter. Now, a lot of times his mouth got him in trouble. In fact, we called him the the apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. But this time he gets it right. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed art thou. He had a great exclamation here when he declared that Jesus was the Christ. And there was a great blessing to follow that. Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You're blessed because men didn't reveal this unto you, but my father revealed this unto you. So he's blessed. Now, Jesus is still speaking in verse 18. This is not a separate incident. He's still talking. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus, uh, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, you have to think about these good little Jewish boys. Their whole life they had been taught that there's a Messiah coming and he's going to deliver you out of bondage and he's going to free you. Now, of course, they thought that was a, an earthly thing and eventually it, there is some of that. But when Jesus says, who am I? And Peter says, you're the Christ. And Jesus affirms that. What do you think it did in these guys' hearts? This is the one. This is the one that they have been waiting for. And right after that, Jesus starts talking about how he's got to go to Jerusalem and die. Now, what does that do? Die? What do you mean, die? They thought he was coming to deliver. He says, I didn't, I'm not coming to deliver this. I'm coming to die. 
So what do you think that did? Could have made him doubt a little. Definitely disappointment and confusion, I would think. Jesus goes on and talks about how he's going to die. How the, the religious and the political elite of their people are going to be responsible for it. And how he's going to be raised again the third day. But they didn't understand that. How do we know? <laughs> yeah, but they, they didn't understand anything about the resurrection, though. How do we know that? We know they didn't understand what he's talking about when he's talking about being resurrected. How do we know? Does anybody know? Later in other gospel accounts, and when things, like ha when things happen later, and Jesus is raised from the dead, the Bible clearly tells us that then they understood those things which Jesus had told them in the past. They didn't understand it's possible that when he said, I'm going to die, that's all they heard. And they stopped listening. Because <laughs> that's what they focus on. Now, that's the setting for what Peter's about to do. A good little Jewish boy, when he goes over, and he's on the roof, when he gets called to go to the house of Cornelius, and that sheet comes down we've already talked about, he said, I've never ate an unclean thing in my life. He was a good Jew. But a good person will get you nowhere fast. In fact, the Bible says there is none good. And in case you don't know what none means, it goes on to say, no, not one. So when we start thinking we've got a little goodness about us, it's time to check ourselves. Keep our eyes on him. And, Jesus, and Peter didn't. So he said, you're the Christ. It's the one we've been waiting for. Jesus said, I am. I'm he, and I'm going to go die. Peter had just had this great revelation. He had this great blessing that Jesus gave him. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. <laughs> and they ain't even left the meeting yet, and he's about to have a great rebuke. Look at verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how, he that, must go, how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him. I have to stop every time. I know you're sick of it. Can you imagine taking hold of the Lord? <laughs> Can you imagine that, Brother Ronnie? And it's not like he didn't know who he was. He just declared who he was. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine rebuking the Lord? Peter had just got it right. But he couldn't leave well enough alone. <laughs> he had just got it right. He's on one of those highs of life. That's when we need to be cautious. And Peter goes about in his book in 1 Peter, and he tells you to be sober and be vigilant. That word vigilant, and I was going to talk about this later, and I will, but it means to be circumspect. Do you know what that means? 
circumspect. It means to have eyes on all sides. <laughs> you better watch the front, you better watch the back, and you better watch both sides. And you matter of fact, you better watch above and you better watch below. You better watch all sides. Now, in there, he tells us why. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, sinking whom he may devour. But if I had to guess, and this is Jay Pruitt's interpretation, his head got a little bit swelled because our heads tend to do that. When we get a little bit of praise, we have to be careful. But Peter took him and began to rebuke him, verse 22. And he said, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be done unto thee. Now, what would you have done? What would you have done? I'm not going forward until somebody answers me. <laughs> what would you have done? This one you've been with, this one you've been looking for your whole life. You know it's him. He said, these chief priests and these scribes and these elders are going to kill me. What would you do? Ask why? Okay. Peter wasn't one to ask questions first. He tried to answer them all. Anybody else? What would you have done? Yeah. 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 Why? Because Jonathan said we'd we'd try to change it. Why? Because we think we know what's best when it comes down to it. And just because people are suffering don't mean that they've committed some great sin in their life that God's punishing them for. And it also don't mean that we need to go to try to rescue them from that suffering. God may have them going through that for a reason, and, and I'm sure it does. But it, it reminds me a little bit <laughs> of the difference. Is anybody in here from Canada before I insult them? <laughs> Nobody? Okay, good. It reminds me a little bit of the difference between Canadians and Americans. We think we're, we're alike. We're not alike. I mean, the short of it is Canadians want somebody to lead them and do everything for them. If you have the American spirit, you've got a little bit of rebel in you. <laughs> and I'm going to say that if I was there and this would have happened, and Jesus would have said this. I hope I wouldn't have rebuked him in front of everybody and grabbed a hold of him. <laughs> Maybe I would have. But in my mind, I'm thinking, uh-uh. I ain't going to let that happen. Why would you have to die? It all goes back. We think. We think. 
we think. We think we know what's best. We just have to be careful about that. But something would have, something builds up inside me when I even talk about this. And I want to say, no, I'm, I'm on, I ain't going to let that happen. I'll die before he does. And that seems like such a noble thing. Does it not? But Peter did not understand the plan of God yet. Go ahead. And we're about to talk about that. And and that, that kind of goes back to talking about think put your place in these little Jewish boys' shoes. They didn't live in America. And they didn't grow up in a Baptist church in a Baptist home that taught these things. They were taught exactly what Mr. David just said. There's a king coming, he's gonna sit on the throne, he's gonna rule and reign, and everything's gonna be gravy for the Jewish people. Now, they took all that as earthly. Well, most of them did. Most of them did. But it had spiritual aspects. But, but Peter's problem was, and it's our problem from day to day, because we're just like him, highs, lows, highs, lows, highs, lows. He didn't understand the plan of God fully. Let's see. Look at verse, let's read 22 again. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be, be, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, He had just blessed him in front of everybody. Head swelled. Now in front of everybody. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus right there said, you're not, you don't have the things that be of God in mind. You have fleshly things in mind. And that is a big problem we have. When we face circumstances, when we face trials, when we face tribulations, even when we're being in a time of great blessing, we have to be careful to try to have the mind of Christ and not think of it in such a fleshly, fleshly way. So he blessed him in front of everybody, and I'm sure he enjoyed that. But then he rebuked him in front of everybody. The greatest rebuke he gave. Um apart from those generalized rebukes he'll give on sin and things like that a little bit later. Um, but Peter's reaction, we give him a lot of flack, and he, and he probably deserves it. I would too if I'd have done it. But it comes from a place of love, and it comes from a place of confusion. And only a man with Peter's boldness would have even done anything like that. 
And as we've talked about before, these characteristics that Peter have, and one of them is boldness. It can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. But regardless, he's going to need it later. And so Jesus has to work these things out in him. And it's just, it's just the fact that we see these things about Peter in the Bible because there's so much written about Peter and so little written about the rest of them that Peter's kind of put in the spotlight. And so Jesus, Jesus rebuked him. So then we know he goes out and he denies him. Um, let's see. Let's read Luke 22 real quick. And I got to wrap it up. Luke 22. Luke 22. We'll start reading in verse 54. Then they took him. Now, they're in the garden. Judas has come, has given the kiss of betrayal, and they're taking Jesus. Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter, Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat, among, sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour... After another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And in another account, he cursed. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And we're told in another account, immediately Peter remembered the words of the Lord. And here he's going to remember the words of the Lord. And in verse 61, And the Lord turned... And looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So he denies him. Now we're wrapping up the New Testament account of Peter. He denies him. He goes out, he weeps bitterly. But Jesus is resurrected. And in Mark 16, 7, I always find this interesting. If you want to turn back, you can. If not, I'll read it. But when Jesus is resurrected, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome are there. And Jesus speaks to him. And one thing he says in Mark 16, verse 7 is... But go your way, tell his, this is Jesus, uh, this is the angel. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. Who needed the message the most, do you think? Peter. 
They all needed it. But I think Peter really needed it. Jesus said, the angel said, go tell them. But the Lord, make sure you tell Peter that I'll see you in Galilee. And of course, Peter goes fishing and Jesus is on the shore and he comes to the land and they have a meal together. And you see that at the end of the book of John when Peter and the Lord talk and the Lord asks him, do you love me? Three times. He tells him to feed his lambs and feed his sheep. And so Peter passes off the scene of the Gospels with this. It's not the end. We'll talk about some things in the book of Acts. But here's the end of the New Testament. A life that is filled with ups and downs. With great successes. He saw a lot. He was at the Mount of Transfiguration. He was in the garden in the, in the farther place when Jesus was praying. He saw things along with James and John that the other apostles and the other disciples did not see. Some great successes. But along with that, he had a lot of great failures too. A lot of great failures. But I think when Jesus said, make sure you tell Peter. And those came and they said, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they broke the news to him. But I can imagine one of them pulling Peter to the side and saying, you know, well, let's, I can imagine them telling everybody, the, the whole group, Jesus is alive and he's going to meet us in Galilee. But what do you think Peter thought at that moment? He had just denied him. He had just forsook him. It's possible Peter thought, well, he may want to see everybody else, but he don't want to see me. And then maybe one of them pulls him aside and says, Peter, the angel said, make sure we tell you that Jesus said he'll see you in Galilee too. And I'm sure that brought great comfort to Peter, as it would all of us. All right, so we're going to pick up in the book of Acts with uh, some things about Peter next time. All right, let's dismiss in prayer. Mr. David, you want to dismiss us?